what is going on everybody welcome 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 i know what you're probably thinking like wait a minute vantage point is back yes 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 vantage point is back i know it's been a hiatus for some months and we're gonna get we're gonna get into all of that we're gonna talk through that later on um but we wanted to kick off i wanted to start this summer series off again that's right it's persons of interest summer takeover 2023 we're doing a little bit different this year we're gonna flow a little bit different so for the month of june we're gonna be focused on the next generation you're gonna hear from some amazing amazing people in the month of june and then in july we're gonna flip the script a little bit we're gonna talk about jesus and therapy we know that we know we need a savior, but we also need a therapist. Amen. And we're going to be talking about that too. But first, like I said, June, 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 we're going to be talking about next generation. You're going to hear from uh, some, some awesome, awesome people. And for those that this might be your first time listening to Vantage Point, or some of y'all might have, might have forgotten because it's been a while, but every every summer in June and July, we do a, an amazing series. It's kind of become our signature series called Persons of Interest Summer Takeover. It's basically, I take a break and I know you're like, wait a minute, you just took a five month break, right? You're going to be gone another two months. That's right. Be gone another two months. And then back in August to start off some new, new material, new series with Vantage Point, more to come on that. But this June and July, we do this every year. And, and I just basically turn the keys over. We call it hashtag takeover season. And we just allow uh, some amazing speakers to come on. They share various messages. So it's like a series within a series. And then with the themes that we're doing this year, it's a series within a series within a series, right? So definitely get ready for takeover season 2023. And up first is my guy. I met this young man um, at a podcasting conference, a Christian conference out down in Texas. And when I tell you this man has a story he is a powerful powerful man of god and i want to give it up and introduce y'all to ryan newsom hey nick man i appreciate you man and just for having me on and uh appreciate the introduction man i uh grateful for you brother just having me on uh, this podcast vantage point and it's good to be here um and like you said man we we, we definitely uh linked up and met uh in grapevine at the national religious broadcasters convention in uh in dallas texas and um you were just such a joy to talk to we instantly connected i think i was there with my wife and so if you remember uh it was it was really a dope time man but um a little bit about me, you know, I grew up in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, most of my family's from Houston, uh, but I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm a Fort Worth native. Um, I grew up in, in Crowley, inner city Fort Worth, uh, in a suburb, I guess somebody could say a suburb of Crowley, uh, Texas. And I went to school there for the better part of my adolescence. And then I went to um, high school at a, another suburb called Lido High School. And so, there, I, that's kind of when the story really began for me. I guess you could say it, it began when I was younger, but, you know, uh, <laughs> since I was born, I guess, and I just walked into it. But uh, I started to become more formed uh, as I grew older. I was really good at football, really good at sports. I learned when I was about four years old, five years old, that I was 
probably going to be pretty good in sports. And so my dad started to put me more in select baseball, select football, those kind of avenues. And I discovered that I was pretty good. I was, I was better than my counterparts. I was better than the people that I was playing against. And so uh, my life really just kind of took off from there. And I've been around football, baseball, those things really just kind of ever since. And so uh, my dad played minor league ball. Uh, my uncle is Ozzie Newsom uh for the Baltimore Ravens and um yeah so the Newsom family the Newsom name I guess it carries a little bit of weight but uh for me you know I played ball in high school and that's kind of where my my life and I would probably say more of my life to my career really took off um my junior year when I moved to Alito I was kind of never really stationary <laughs> In any of the high schools, I went to three different high schools uh, between years, uh, grades ninth and 12th. And so uh, I was kind of moving around a lot, but my parents always wanted to make sure they put me in the best position possible to just flourish. And uh, they wanted to be able to maximize my potential, both in the classroom and, and on the football field. And so that's what they did. Um, went to a school called Alito High School in Fort Worth, as I said, and, and uh, there uh, my career just really kind of uh, catapulted. Uh, I ended up getting 50 scholarship offers. Um, I could have went to any school I wanted to go to. And that was such a blessing for me just to be able to go to school for free. But not only that, just be kind of a highly recruited, sought after person, you know, um, on the gridiron was something that I, I really dreamed of. And so um, after that, I ended up going to uh, the University of Texas. And I remember uh, how badly I wanted to please uh, just people around me. And initially I committed, actually, people are probably gonna, people might search this on YouTube, but if you type my name on YouTube, uh, there's a commitment video that pops up uh, where I committed to UCLA. And I committed to UCLA because that's where I really wanted to go. Me and my family took a trip out to Cali and I loved it. Um, part of me, you know, wanted to be an actor if and when football just kind of ran this course in my life, you know, not knowing when that was going to be. Um, but there were some things I wanted to do other than football. Even when I was a young kid, I always said that I only wanted to play in the league if I made it for like seven years and then bounce and do something else. And so that's just kind of how I thought. It wasn't really a popular thought because everybody around me was really just consumed with just football. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, for me, uh, I was kind of an anomaly. So I would keep those dreams just kind of to myself because I, I kind of felt like I would be a little weird if I said I I, I like other things more than just football. <laughs> um, and when I got to uh, the time for me to commit to UCLA, I was kind of caught at a crossroads. And between living for uh, doing what I want to do or living for the approval of other people and um, at the time, I, I, I grew up in a Christian home, and so I had information about uh, God. Uh, he was present in my home um, with my mother and my father. Uh, I just didn't know him personally, so he wasn't really present in my life. You know what I mean? Not in the way that he was present in uh, my mom and dad's life at the time. And so uh, for me, you know, um, I didn't. I guess what I'm saying is, I mean, I didn't have an identity that was really rooted in anything. I saw where my foundation, um, the foundation that my mom and dad laid for me, 
but <laughs> I wasn't necessarily subscribing to that foundation myself. I knew uh, who Jesus claimed to be. Um, I knew that he was somebody that demanded, you know, I guess my allegiance, uh, but I didn't know why. And I didn't know in what way my allegiance to Christ would benefit me. And so um, after that, you know, or during this time, because I didn't have an identity that was rooted in anything, I just rooted it. I rooted it in something that was created and things like football. Um, and so I ended up making a fo football and idol, you know, for me and my life. And it was fairly easy. I mean, <laughs> when you have all the glitz, the glamour and the glory and you're sought after a recruit, I mean, it's kind of easy for the devil to have his way with you, to be honest, man. And so, um, especially we don't have a, a foundation that's built on anything that, that can uh keep you, you know, keep you rooted. And so um after I committed to UCLA, I ended up decommitting like two hours later. <laughs> I committed to a guy uh, named Jim Mora. He was like the best coach I ever that ever recruited me, I feel. And I really wanted to play for him. He coached my favorite player, uh, Michael Vick at the time when he was with the Falcons. And so I just love Coach Mora. And um I kind of came into contact for the first time with my own family just kind of being against the decision that I was making and I really didn't know how to handle that you know what do you do when um your own family is kind of against you you know uh, where do you go to um well the answer for me was inevitable because I didn't have a identity that was rooted in who Jesus Christ was I just went with the crowd <laughs> I mean that's the only place you really can go you just go to the world. And uh, um, and even if, you know, family or friends, they do necessarily believe in Christ, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Jesus wants you to do what they tell you to do. <laughs> Sometimes that, that comes down to personal conviction and, and community, especially when it comes to uh, decision making. Um, but I felt myself living for the approval of man. Uh, for my father, who was a very successful oriented man, um, and for my mother, who was always sweet on me. You know, I'm a mama's boy, daddy's boy as well. But, you know, my mom, her heart broke when I committed to UCLA. And because I wasn't solid enough, I didn't have anything solid to stand on. Uh, that ground was a little bit too shaky for me, and I got scared. And so I ended up decommitting from UCLA uh <laughs> shortly after I committed and um that was kind of the first test of an identity crisis for me you know that was the first kind of revealing that wow like I'm not as solid as I believe myself to be and so uh and I also uh recognized for the first time that my own decisions uh, they bear their own consequences uh because I was going to college it was a decision that everybody wanted me to make to go to Texas that was a school I ended up committing to, but it was going to be a decision that I had to live with, uh, like it or not. And so I got to Texas, didn't like it. <laughs> I really didn't want to go there. It was cool. I met some friends and some homies, man, that I have forever, um, but ended up transferring to Arizona State a year later. I kind of knew Coach Strong was going to get fired, and he actually did. And so the program was just still kind of unstable. And that's why I didn't really like it on the outset. But uh, I ended up going to 
um, transferring to the Arizona State University, and I finished up my career there. And that, that's kind of where my life hit rock bottom, to be honest. Um, um, my grandmother, me and her were so close. Uh, like most people are with their grandmothers, so close, you know, with each other and, and things like that. You know, all of our holidays surround Granny, what she want to do, where she want to go, you know. She always gave us Christmas gifts like six months in advance. So <laughs> she was always just, man, just super dope to be around. And I loved her so much. And she always took care of me and my siblings. But um, And she'd been there as long as I can remember. And uh, with your parents, man, your grandparents especially, a lot of us believe that they're timeless, you know, that they're almost kind of eternal, right? Because they've always been there since we were young, but they've all, they've also always been old. <laughs> so it's like, you just kind of get used to like their age and them just always being around. And uh, one night, uh, my life changed forever when uh, my grandmother, uh, I was just getting in from fall camp. I just had a long day, just had a scrimmage. I went crazy in the scrimmage and, at this point, you know, life was just kind of different back then. So you could, there was no transfer portal. You couldn't just hop in, you know, hop in and out of a decision, you know, just at the drop of a dime. It came with consequences. Like you had to sit out of here and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so when I transferred from Texas, I had to sit out of here. And once I sat out of here, um, you know, that really hurt me a lot. You know, I really didn't feel like I should be transferring to begin with. Like this stuff shouldn't be happening to me. I'm a four or five star recruit guy like and so that just kind of hurt my pride in and of itself just to sit out of here um and so when I sat out of here I just kind of did my thing I was on a scout team I won scout team player of the year and I actually ended up earning the starting job the next fall and fall camp and so I was the punt return guy the kick return guy I was the everything guy like I, they was treating me like Tavon I mean I could pretty much I was pretty much everywhere on the field. And uh, in August at the fall camp, my coach comes to me and tells me I win the starting job. And I was so happy. And I get to the crib. And that's kind of when, you know, life changed for me. Um, my grandmother had called me at around like 11 p.m. And my grandmother always used to call me at during the day, really. So uh, her calling me at nighttime at a, such a late time. Uh, it was kind of strange to me because her bedtime was always around like seven or eight, eight or nine. Um, and I actually didn't end up answering my phone. Uh, I was in the shower and then I went from the shower to uh, my bedroom and I started watching film <laughs> uh, because I just had a crazy night. I just scored like two touchdowns in a scrimmage. I solidified my job as a starter. And so I was really just kind of feeling myself, man. And so um, she calls me. At an abnormal time, I don't pick up. I take a shower, I get in bed, and I start watching film. And I just told myself I'll be able to talk to her tomorrow. And um, so I wake up in the morning. Uh, obviously, my grandmother's not on my mind at this point. You know, I, I got to get to practice again and go over film. And so I get to practice, and I walk in uh, the meeting room, and a guy named Coach Rob Likens, um, who was part of, uh, had a hand in discipling me, it's interesting enough uh, in the faith. And he was just, he just so happened to be the only Christian on the whole football staff. Like it's, it's so wild that he was my position coach. Um, but he walks into uh, the meeting room at around like 6.50 before the meeting starts. That's where I'll get settled in. 
And uh, he puts both of his hands on my shoulders. And I'm like, coach, everything good? Uh, although I didn't know Jesus Christ at this time in my life, like salvifically, like he wasn't my sa he wasn't my savior or Lord. I was a moral kid. And so, you know, I just didn't get in trouble like that. I, I didn't get in trouble. It was always yes or no, sir. I never skipped class. I was just kind of like a moral kid. I never did anything really wrong like that <laughs> to my imagination. But, um, and so when he pulled me out of uh, the meeting, I, I didn't think I did anything wrong, but he wasn't saying anything. So I was like, well, maybe I went to sleep too late or something. He knows. like, <laughs> And uh, he puts both of his hands on my shoulders and he, he kind of starts to weep a little bit. Um, it's like the tears aren't coming down his face. and They're kind of in his eyes. I'm like, coach, is everything all right? Uh, and he walks me to his office. Um, and when we get into his office, my Uncle Percy is on the other line. I know my Uncle Percy's voice. <laughs> it's my dad's. It was my dad's best friend who my grandmother practically raised because they were so close with each other. And so as black folks, like, if you're super close to somebody, that's your uncle. Like, that's just how it is. <laughs> or your aunt. Or that's just how it goes. You know, even if y'all not related by blood, blood couldn't really make y'all any closer. So my Uncle Percy, who my, you know, who also ended up passing away uh, a couple of years ago, um, he was on the line. And he told me, he said, nephew. I said, what's up, um? Everything all right? He kind of sounded, you know, just had this little strange, you know, quiver in his voice. And um, he said, man, she gone, man. I'm like, who are you talking about? He's like, man, your grandmother, she passed away. And I broke, like, <laughs> in so many ways. It was just earth shattering, you know, for me to hear that, um, that my grandmother passed away. And she ended up dying five hours later after she called me. And so I never got a chance to say goodbye to her or talk to her one more time. Um, and um, even if I got a chance to talk to my grandmother again, <laughs> for those of y'all that are listening, I mean, all of our grandmothers, most of them are really stubborn. So <laughs> my granny was not the type to even say if anything was wrong with her or even if she was struggling with allergies or anything like that. That's just how she is. And so, um, man, like, um, I, my broke, my heart broke in like a thousand ways. And, uh, I just kind of was rehashing everything that I should have said, everything that I should have did, what was important to me at that moment. Why didn't I pick up the phone? And I felt like it was because I was consumed with myself, to be honest with you, man. And, um, um, you know, it was more, you know, and God obviously revealed a lot more to me after that. You know, I, I think so many people that have, relatives or loved ones that pass away uh, we all feel like we could have did something you know we all feel like you know if I if I would have just been there if I would have just said something uh or whatever but um that was all under God's sovereign hand uh his care and I, I literally uh was in a position where I knew I couldn't have really done anything uh, and that's what made me break even more it was the fact that I knew uh that God took her and I couldn't do anything and it made me kind of even more upset. Uh, so now it leaves me begging the question, like, Lord, why? And so instead of going to just kind of like my selfishness, uh, although I did, I went to my selfishness and just kind of how selfish I was at the moment. Like, Ryan, why couldn't you just put whatever you were doing aside just to talk to your granny, man? Like, 
why didn't you call her more often than you did? Why was she always calling you? Why'd you never call her? Like it's all these things, it's these feelings of like condemnation just starts to heap up over me. And and uh it was at that moment where I just kind of felt like I lost everything. Um and although I was a starter, uh what I didn't recognize what happened the next day after I tried to just kind of play through it, practice through it, I ended up popping my quad. And so on a go route. And so not only did I lose my grandmother, um, but I didn't recognize that God was about to take football away. And so I, I popped my quad and I catch a flight that same day down to Texas just for the funeral and everything like that. And, uh, you know, uh, I had to see my parents cry, my father cry and everything like that. And on the plane, I just was trying to ask myself, like, man, who am I? Like, why am I here? Um, and I feel like, to be honest with you, Nick, like, I don't know if people really ask those questions unless something tragic happens or something gets taken away or something unfortunate happens. And so um, I had one of my best friends who also led me to Christ, who just so happened to be a teammate and there for me at a time where I really needed somebody to lean on. And I remember him telling me something that I'll never forget. He said, man, sometimes the only way that you can really see God is when you're on your back um, because you have nowhere else to look but up. And uh, that's true, man, <laughs> for me in my life, because it was at my lowest point, you know, where I met God. It was at my lowest point where I actually began to cultivate an identity uh, that was dependent not on my performance on the football field. It wasn't dependent on how serviceable I am to him. Um, like I'm not someone that's useful to God. I'm someone that's loved by God. I'm someone that's treasured by him. I think the Bible calls us um, his treasured possession. You know what I mean? Like, uh, And so I met God there, you know, on the way down. You know, I don't have this story to tell people where, you know, I met God, you know, when, when things were, were just so great. And to be honest with you, Nick, I don't know if anybody meets the one true living God when things are going well. I think they meet him when when things are going terrible. Um, and it was at that point where I saw the cross and I saw how um, Jesus, you know, he sacrificed and lived the life that I should have lived. And he died a death that I should have died. Uh, but in doing so, what he was really doing uh, was giving me an identity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Um, he gave me an identity that's so solid. And uh, I remember hearing from my favorite pastor, the late great Tim Keller, who said that um, Jesus was shaken on the cross so that we can receive a foundation that can never be shaken. And, um, you know, so my, my life is, is now built on, <laughs> is built on him. It's not built on anything that I can potentially lose. You know what I mean? It's not even built on, um, my grandmother, my grandmother probably reached down from heaven and gave me a whooping <laughs> if she found out that I was trying to live my life, right, to, like, please her. Uh, she would she would be uh, elated, though, uh, if I lived my life to please God. And my mother and my father would as well. And so uh, that's kind of a little bit of my story. And uh, it's just a story like every other Christian that's been born again of of God's grace, you know, um, on our life and his grace on mine. And so, 
Uh, I'm so grateful, man. And uh, I ended up meeting my wife. Well, I met my wife in middle school, but uh, <laughs> me and her got married in the midst of all of that. I proposed to her after her graduate or at her graduation. We have a beautiful daughter. Her name is Raya and she's just so awesome and we love her so much. She just turned two years old. And so um, even in, you know, being a married man and being a father, um, I recognize that in order for me to protect and nurture and cultivate my wife and nurture and cultivate my daughter, the way that God wants me to is to make sure I don't find my identity in being a dad. I don't find my identity in being a father uh, because what happens if, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I mess up. What happens when I sin? Like what happens when I don't get it right? What happens when I, I yell at my, my daughter or provoke her for anger for no apparent reason? Or what happens when, you know, um, me and my wife are at odds or beef and you know, I said something I probably shouldn't have said. Um, I, I I don't have an identity that's that's solid if I'm putting my trust and my hope in just being a father, or just being, um, you know, a dad. And so I recognize that, man, like identity isn't just uh, relevant to um, my life on the gridiron. You know, my identity is comprehensive um, because my identity is founded on uh, Jesus, who made the world, <laughs> who made the cosmos. You know what I mean? So if I put my identity and my trust uh, in him, um, then I know that I can not only uh, face anything, uh, but I can continue to be who I am in Christ um, because Jesus continued to be who he was in spite of everything that he went through as well. And so, um, yeah, man, that's a little bit of my story and I appreciate you letting me tell it. Um, and the Vantage Point uh, fan club <laughs> for hearing me out, uh, just hearing my story and about what God has, has so graciously done in my life and, and in my family's life. And so um, you guys can follow me, uh, Vantage Point uh, fandom. <laughs> Y'all can follow me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I feel like old people be on Facebook, so I really don't be on Facebook like that, <laughs> even though I do got a handle. Uh, I do have a handle on Facebook. You can just type in my name, Ryan Newsom. It'll pop up on Instagram. Uh, it's at uh, Newski17. That's my Instagram handle. Uh, that I'm also on, on Twitter. Uh, you can just type in at Newboy17. My first and last name, Ryan Newsom, will pop up. And so... I uh, love y'all. Appreciate the brothers and sisters hearing me out. And uh, let's keep going higher. Peace.